I'm JP Tuesday. And I'm Kiki Cannon. As lifelong Disney fans, the work of countless talented Disney creatives have shaped our lives. Now, as the Disney catalog expands, we're taking a journey through film and television to discover if that spark that shaped us as children lives on in adulthood. Does your favorite Disney media still cast that same spell? Join us as we find out. We are Rewatching the Magic. Hi, Kiki. Hi, Tuesday. So this is a special request episode. Our good friend Jeff Whitmire, back when he was on the show back in uh, Halloween, requested the movie 28 Days Later. This movie pretty much sums up the last two months of this podcast because it's a horror movie and a disaster movie. Yeah. And also, this one may not be one for the little kitties. So Yeah. Yeah, we're, this is another one that we're going to say that if you do listen to this podcast with the little ones, yeah, come back next week. We will definitely have a child-friendly episode next week. Yeah, next week's all all child-friendly, wonderful with the little kitties. Uh, sorry about that. This one is uh, may, maybe not maybe not for them. Yeah, because nothing says ringing in the holidays. Like viral infection zombies. Yeah, we're we're gonna get into the use of the Z word here. They never use that word in this movie. Well, yeah, they're they're smart about it, but uh, it's a divisive term in the fandom. So yeah, twenty eight days later, uh, directed by Danny Boyle, who. Uh, even in the advertising for this movie, they tell you know he was the person that did train spotting. That's what got me in this film. I mean, I was I was the easy sell for this film anyway because it was like, hey, look, it's a zombie movie because that's how they marketed it. But it was like it's a zombie movie, and the guy that did train spotting did it, and I was like, I am sold either way. So I mean, I kind of mentioned it last week. That, you know, when we talked about the day after tomorrow, how if it's not something that it's automatic, something you can something that you can experience now that the general public doesn't generally see it as a big problem. And this movie's entire thing is viral outbreak that instantly turns you mad. While we are three years into a pandemic. Because when COVID started, there was a lot of people who were expecting something like this because the, the, the news was scaring them into it. Like, you know, coronavirus, COVID-19. And when it wasn't, that's where the whole, that's where all the hoaxes came from. It's not real. It's a hoax. It's, and it's the fact that this movie has a, virus that is created in a lab there's more of those conspiracy theories there were people who put images of london during lockdown to the music from the beginning of this movie i i don't know if you remember that but there were those rather eerie pictures back during 2020 that was just 
empty London streets and people were putting up compilations of them on YouTube and Twitter and putting the music that's playing as Killian Murphy is walking around at the beginning of the movie. And they were like, Oh, look, you know, we've, we've finally achieved 28 days later. (laughs) All you, all you really needed was to just have Killian Murphy walking around in it. Um, but you're you're correct in the fact that because when COVID was more kind of quiet, I suppose, than something like the rage virus, um, that people were, you know, oh, you know, hoax and whatever. Um, when you're able to shut your eyes to the things that are happening when people are not faced with the day-to-day of it and are able to maintain some kind of normalcy, then that's when when people get to say things like hoax and, you know, oh, it's overblown or you're panicking too much and things like that. Also, especially in this movie, there are visual signs of infected. The eyes change color. People are puking blood. And people are just acting like ravenous animals. With COVID, it's just coughing. There really isn't any outward appearance. Your outward appearance doesn't change when you have COVID. And you don't go into a ravenous... And you can be an asymptomatic carrier. Yeah, you can have no yeah no symptoms, and you can yeah. still have it. But also, I, I mean, we do we do find out, you know, spoilers for the second movie. We do find out that that's possible with the rage virus as well. But um, in this first film, you know, they they don't go into that. I mean, also when you watch these apocalypse movies, these post apocalyptic movies, there's always the person with the gun, and I'm gonna I'm gonna fight these these monsters, and I'm gonna be the hero, and we get that moment in this movie, and when that's not how it is in real life, that also adds to the 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 hoax comments. You know, they people there are people who have been preparing years, decades for post-apocalyptic warfare, and when an actual, for lack of a better term, apocalypse happens, and it's just mundane nonsense. They don't know how to cope with that. Well, the the thing is that what these people are preparing for is they they really want the apocalypse to be an excuse for them to do massive violence. <laughs> they want to be an action hero. Yeah, they they want to be the the John McClane or the Rambo or the, you know, in, insert action movie star of choice. But what is more the more likely scenario in people who study societal collapses is that the people who fare better are the ones who are able to build community. If you're able to 
bring people together and you're able to sustain crops and you're able to repair things and you're able to, you know, those kind of skills are better than the more, you know, macho, outward, violent things. One of the uh, things, one of the things in this movie is they they're looking for someone who knows how to cook. Yeah, that is that is kind of the the thing is that at, at one point, you know, Christopher Eccleston's character does does say that when he looks at the infected, he sees that this is something with no future because it it can't plant and it can't cook and it can't plan a, a, a future and it can't, you know, and he sees the, the mundane tasks. All it can do is fight. But then again, that's the same thing that Christopher Eccleston and his soldiers can do. They also cannot do those things. But, you know, if the if, as you said, you know, the people that can harvest, the people that can plant, the people that can do all of these mundane things doesn't make a very exciting movie. You need the spectacular to sell to get pe- to get butts and seats. Yeah. And and that's kind of the, the problem with the the post-apocalyptic movies in a, in a way. Which I I love them. I love post-apocalyptic stories. They're oh, kind yeah. of one of my favorite genres of film. Mad um, Max is still one of my favorites. Fury Road yeah. is awesome. And I love post-apocalyptic video games. I mean, the Fallout series is oh, yeah. possibly my favorite video game series ever. It's one of those things of the themes of the genre tend not to be well understood by a lot of people. This movie especially was the one that sparked the revitalization of the zombie film in the early 2000s. Um, Because it it really did. Uh, 28 Days Later really sparked an absolute boom in zombie films and TV series in the early 2000s. Um, Because of this film, we got a whole bunch of things like, you know, the remake of Dawn of the Dead. We got The Walking Dead as a TV series. We got got all kinds of land. We got all kinds of stuff uh, because of the success of this film. But this isn't a traditional zombie film, even though it was specifically built off of the Romero zombie movies. A lot of the, I mean, you can become infected through getting bitten or through blood getting inside of you, which are tropes of zombie movies. And the the structure of the film is very much from Romero. There, there are even little little things like the the infected that they keep chained up 
is a direct nod to Bub from uh, Day of the Dead. Which gets parodied in Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's... I mean, we even got Shaun of the Dead because of this movie. Yeah. This film, you know, if you're a fan of the of the broader zombie genre, you, you owe this film a lot. Uh, even though it's not really the director does not a zombie yeah, film. The director does not consider it a zombie film, but the general audience does. It is it has ended ended up on various top lists of greatest zombie movies of all time. So your choice, I'm gonna say. If you consider this a zombie movie, great. If you do not, that's okay too. It's one of those where it's like, yeah, you you took a lot from the zombie tropes, but it's one of those where it's like our our monster is different, you know. Our vampire doesn't have a weakness to insert typical vampire weakness, you know, it's like all right, fine, whatever. You're still doing the thing, but not the thing. All right, whatever. I still kind of lump it in, but I also won't call them like I still call the the things in here the infected rather than zombies zombies because that's what they are yeah zombies would imply that someone has died and come back from the dead none of these people are specifically dead they're just really really sick yeah at the time these people were not really known actors but now they kind of are yeah, that was one of the things is that Danny Boyle wanted to cast a bunch of people who were not quite as known. Some of them were like known character actors or whatever, but basically everybody in this film has become well known since this movie. But at the time, this was either their big breakout or their biggest role to date. Our our starring role of Jim is played by Killian Murphy. Who now I think everybody first thinks of him as the scarecrow. Uh, well, I, 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 I was think not going to say scarecrow. that. I think yeah, you think scarecrow. of him as scarecrow because you have not seen Peaky Blinders. But yeah, I mean, he's if you have seen Peaky Blinders, he's Tommy Shelby. But yeah, um, other than that, he's the scarecrow and uh, the he Nolan. Has- He's actually playing Robert Oppenheimer in the upcoming movie next year. Yeah, which I'll be very interested to see that. This was, like most people, the first thing I saw him in. And then I saw him again in the the Wes Craven movie Red Eye not long after that. And then um, he showed up playing Scarecrow almost immediately after that. And I was like... Okay, I really got to start paying attention to this guy. He's he's showing up in a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, once once you've seen him in Peaky Blinders, he just kind of immediately becomes Tommy Shelby in your mind. It kind of wipes every everything else out. Really made an impression when I saw him in this in the in the first place. I was like, okay, whoever that guy is, 
gonna gonna have to watch out for him. I hope this isn't his only movie. And then uh, we talked about Naomi Harris before because uh, she was Tia Dalma in uh, the Pirates movies. Mm-hmm. So we've we've talked about her, and she's in here as uh, Selena. Brendan Gleeson as Frank. I mean, what can you say about Brendan Gleeson? Absolute legend. Um, we've we've talked about his son Donald before because we've we've talked about him in the Star Wars movies where he plays Hux. Yeah, I don't think we've gotten a chance to talk about Brendan before. That the Harry Potter fans will will know him as Mad Eye Moody. I think I I think I first started seeing him in things like uh, Braveheart and Michael Collins, and uh, then I, I first saw him in uh, the Mission Impossible movies. Really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I uh, I only ever saw like the first one of those, and then I went, yeah, no, not for me. I really loved him uh, in the movie In Bruges. We had to we we watched that in my Irish theater class, and uh, boy, that that that's a movie that that hits. <laughs> that, that him and Colin Farrell, oof, yeah, that's a that's a good team up. They just made a new movie together, and I can't wait to see it, because I've heard that one also is just excellent. But, uh, yeah, one of the one of the greats right there. And uh, then we we got uh, we got us a, a doctor. We got one of one of the one of the doctors in here. Uh, Christopher Eccleston is in this. Just well, a few years. Just a few years. This is 2002. So 2005. He would be in he would be in the TARDIS as Doctor Who. Yeah, um, this was not the first thing I saw him in, but it was probably, like, the, the second, maybe. I think I saw Existence before this, and he had a, a part in that that I probably just didn't pay attention to. So this was probably the first thing I saw him in that I p- paid attention to him, because he was the primary antagonist Mm. then he showed up again in doctor who and i was like you know i need to i need to know where i know that guy from and then i looked him up and i was like oh that's where i know that guy from all right um Uh, kind of our 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 main people in here (laughs) i mean that's our main cast uh megan burns i'll throw her in there she plays the the teenager hannah this is kind of like her most well-known film. Yeah, but she's gone on to be a, a musician. Under the uh, name Betty Curse. That is a name. Yeah. But yeah, this is this is mostly her her biggest as far as like film uh thing. She she seems much more into her her music uh these days, which is more, more fine. Power to her. Yeah, more power to her. So let's uh, let's get into this movie. So we start this movie. I feel kind of bad for these uh, these uh, rescue people who they, they this group of people they break into the science lab to rescue the animals that are being tested on, and they've been infected with the rage virus, and it's. They just wanted to save these animals, and they ended up dooming the world. 
Well, it's even worse if there there's a comic book that gives the backstory here. Uh, I was going to say that to the end, but yeah, we can do it now. Yeah, well, well, I mean, if we're talking about how all this started, there is a tie-in comic book that is apparently canonical. There's there's a whole backstory about how the rage virus was developed as part of a, a an attempt to basically create the opposite. They were trying to create a way to calm people down. And in their attempt, they accidentally created a virus that did the opposite. Uh, and and made people just absolutely lose their minds with rage. In doing so, it ended up causing the death of a human test subject. And one of the scientists caught ethics over that. And he was like, well, I feel bad about that. So he tipped off this animal liberation group. Uh, to try to shut down the the thing, and he didn't quite realize that it was all going to go quite as weird as it ends up going. They were sort of set up, is the backstory. Yeah, there there was a scientist that tipped them off and th these people came in to rescue them, but they didn't really deserve it either. So I also feel bad for them. The movie makes you feel less bad for them because they don't listen to the scientist who's saying like, no, wait, you you need to like they're infected and you will get infected too. And and you feel even worse for them when you find out that it was a different scientist who maybe should have known better that actually set them up. Mm. Yeah, it turns out that uh, th this this whole thing was a little a little less than uh, above board. <laughs> let's say this whole experiment was very shady from the beginning. It turns out. And should have been shut down, and then somebody found out, like, ah, maybe there's some different applications we could, and then maybe this was being tested as a biological weapon, and there, you know, there's there's various things in the in the comic that suggest that, you know, maybe this whole study should have been shut down much much earlier, and was had been kept going under spurious conditions so after all of after all this opening 28 days later we actually get to meet the characters that are actually part that we're actually going to be following for this movie we meet jim who is in a coma because he's a courier he got hit by a car and he's in a coma he wakes up and it's it's pretty much i mean the best i can describe it it's like Ant-Man in the beginning of Endgame was walking down the street and there's no one there. But can you imagine waking up from a coma and you're just completely naked? They are not censoring this. You are seeing the full Murphy in this scene. The thing that I that I have kind of always wondered about was how he survived. Yeah, it's never explained. Because he just wakes up in a hospital naked. He's still strapped in. He's still hooked up to the machines. And 
you would think if anyone in that hospital got infected, wouldn't they immediately go after him because he's still fresh meat? Well, not only that, but he would have dehydrated fairly quickly without someone to change his IV bag. Mm. Without anybody feeding him. Without, you know. I mean, there's there's only so long that a human body can live without water. The fact that he's still able to, like, get up and move around and... He didn't collapse as soon as he got up. Yeah. And he had head trauma because he's got a scar on his head. So we know that he was in the coma because of head trauma from the accident. And he's got the the scar on his head from where he's had surgery. And so we don't know what kind of brain damage he may have had. There was an alternate ending for this movie that was going to show that this was all a dream for Jim. That he was dreaming this while in the coma. Yeah. So maybe that was part of it. I don't know. But, you know, if, I mean, if we take the movie as, as, as is, you know, as is, you gotta wonder, like, how long the, the hospital held out before being abandoned, you know? It had to have been a while, because there is nobody in this hospital. And also, like, he's not even wearing a gown anymore, like, he wakes up completely naked, not even a gown over him. Which yeah, is weird. Yeah, that's what I wanted. Like, did they try to? Did someone try to take the gown off of him? Did one of the infected try to take the gown off of him? I don't. I don't know. Just here's 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 his killer Murphy with his Murphy hanging out there for all to see. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just this scene. Like like you mentioned, the scene of him walking through London. With whatever he could find, which is just whatever he got out of the vending machine. Just trying to find someone that's alive. And you see all of the either missing or uh, memorials or, you know, mm-hmm. there's child's drawing. Uh, the the camera doesn't really focus on it, but if you if you've seen the movie enough and you're starting to look around at all the pieces, you know there's child's drawings of what appear to be soldiers rescuing a child and having killed the infected parents. That's a that that got me. Is like yeah. a kid drew a picture of a soldier killing its mom mom and dad. Yeah, and it's just put up next to, like, other images of, like, you know, we miss you, or have you seen this child, or, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, just just imagine waking up to that. You know, you are asleep, and then you wake up, and the world is completely different than when what it was when you went to sleep. Weirdly, we do have sort of sort of stories that are kind of like that because there were people who were 
like went away on camping trips or whatever and then came back to find the world in lockdown <laughs> for covid mm. uh I, I don't know if you remember reading those stories back in 2020 but there were people who were like hey we're gonna go you know camping for a month with no cell phone service we'll see you and then they like wandered off into like you know in the woods you know somewhere uh, to go camping or mountain climbing or whatever and then they came back and it was just like everything had shut down and that and because you know you remember how quickly it happened yeah and, we were we were at MarsCon when they were even talking about lockdowns we were at one of the final events that was able to be held in the u.s before before everything shut down yeah Within like two weeks of that, everything had closed. I remember flying flying back from that event, and that was the first time you started seeing people in the U.S. with here and there with a mask or hand sanitizer or you know. Yeah. But yeah, there there are there are actually people who who have stories that are kind of similar that they were like you know, I went somewhere that I didn't have you know cell phone or internet and then i came back and the world was absolutely you know in a completely different state and th they were talking about how how weird that was you know <laughs> they were like oh yeah you know i just i thought i'd be you know away for a month and then the world changed the world completely changed um i mean that's got to be a shocker for 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 Jim here, you know. Yeah, and, it, and and for him, he just wants to go home. The first thing he wants to do is see if his parents are still alive. Yeah, well, the thing is, is that he 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 walks into a church, oh, and it's yeah. the first time he sees bodies, at least. I mean, I can understand him wanting to go to a church. At, societal is like that's the sanctuary that's a, a safe haven that if you are lost you can be found and there are all of these infected including the pastor who are trying to eat him and yeah well he walks in and the first thing he sees on the wall is the writing the end is very fucking nigh <laughs> which you know yeah Maybe, maybe it will give it. It should give you some, you know, some clue. But you know, he's still confused. He still doesn't really know what's going on. Yeah. And then when 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 the pastor starts running at him, and he has to basically go into self defense mode. He, you know, he takes down this. Uh, he takes down the pastor, but he there's that guilt. I just hit a priest. <laughs> yeah, and then he's apologizing, and then you know. He's running and he's he's saved by Selena and and Mark, you know, who see him running. Oh, Mark. Yeah. If, we only we all we're only with Mark for a very short time, and we don't know a lot about him. But when he does get infected, it, I felt it when I I've only seen this movie once before seeing this for the rewatch, and that was when this movie came out. So I there's a lot of this movie I forgot. <laughs> so 
So when when Mark, I mean, it's the scene that you see in every single one of these kind of movies. There's a character that is that seems like a good guy, and then he gets infected, and then he has to die. And he's, be- I mean, Mark, he gets, you know, he gets the cut, he gets the the infected blood in him, and he's like, no, 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 wait, we can we can talk about this. As Selena says in the throughout the whole movie, in a heartbeat, takes down Mark, kills him. We don't know the relationship of these two people before this. And we never know because it's not important to the story. Are these two people friends? Are these were these two people lovers or were they just did, did they just find each other because they were survivors? We don't know. But it's the fact that without hesitation she just kills Mark just on the on the fact that he's infected. I, you, I, I felt bad for Mark in that, in, that, in that scene. Well, they say that when you're infected, you have 10 to 20 seconds from the time the blood hits you. And we see that in the movie. Yeah. It's, it's a very short span of time. I mean, less, less than a minute. Which kind of goes back to my original, my, my uh, thought of the earlier where that's kind of what people thought COVID was going to be. You get infected and all of a sudden in 20 seconds, you're coughing your lungs out. The thing is, though, is that this is, you know, I mean, we, we talked about the, the science and the, the movie from last week. This is, once again, when scientists see it, it's not a very scientific movie. It's just not. It's a creature you know. feature. You're not really supposed to have accurate science in these things. But the thing is, is that I hate to say it, but sometimes actual science is more terrifying than the stuff you come up with for a creature feature, you know? I I know actual scientists. I know actual scientists who work with infectious disease research. That's that's some scary stuff, to be honest. The way that viruses work in the real world is sometimes just both terrifying and absolutely fascinating in equal measure. But again, it doesn't always make for the most catchy visuals, you know? Yeah, uh, accurate science while in, in, yeah, it doesn't exactly make an exciting movie. Especially when you're under, you know, you have to make this within a time limit of 90 to two hours or three hours, however you want to make it. But you have a finite amount of time to tell this story. And sometimes the accurate science does not fit the time you're allowed. (laughs) If you're going to do the, like, 10 to 20 seconds, which, okay, that's not really fast enough for the blood to hit you and get to the brain and, you know, impact the brain. And sure, 10 to 20 seconds. You know, watching Selena turn on him that quickly is horrific in that moment. 
uh, especially as he begs her. But, you know, I mean, we got to talk about that, that Jim's not having that great of a day because that's in his family home where that yeah. happens. Because they've he talks them into going to his family home because he's like, no, no, no. My parents are going to be alive, even though everyone else is dead. It's that uh, it's that bit of hope. You know, it, you know, somebody familiar to him should be alive someone that he knows and he goes he he's you know he convinces them to go to his family home and he sees his parents in bed having committed suicide because they don't want to become like the infected and the 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 picture the note on the picture you see this they're holding this picture of of jim as a child with the note saying, when we last saw you, you were sleeping. Now we're sleeping with you. I mean, in, in, in that situation, I understand why the parents did what they did. At least they didn't become that. But also, these are at least assumed to be older people. They probably would not have been able to survive. Or if they could have, they would have only slowed down any other survivors with them. That's that's my brain thinking as I watch this scene. It's heartbreaking. Especially, you know, if you're someone who has lost loved ones. I, I, I you know, imagine being someone who has lost a loved one to suicide watching this movie. Yeah. But we don't we don't know exactly where in the timeline they did this, you know, and we hear Mark's story about his family, you know, mm -hmm. and them trying to get out and how many other people were trying to get out. Yeah, but his sister, right? Well, yeah, his mother and his sister and his father and them going to Paddington Station. And that there were tens of thousands of other people trying to do the same thing. One infected ended up getting loose. How quickly the infection spread. How, you know, people got trampled. Him losing the hand of his sister and her disappearing. And then his father getting infected him somehow surviving by climbing up onto a, a kiosk and, you know. Him talking about walking on the dead bodies. Yeah. And it's just, it also shows how much of our own society doesn't, it doesn't exist in this situation. He said, you know, we thought our money would get us out of here and it didn't, you know, in, in a, in that situation, money would be worthless. The, the entirety of the of the movie eventually boils down to what is said to Killian Murphy as he's in that that basement, you know, with the with the other soldier. And the other soldier ends up saying the thing that ends up being correct. What do you do with an infected island? You quarantine it. Yeah, but you know, Selena does go on to say that infected had gone on to other parts of the world, and as far as this movie is concerned, we're never told what happens to those other infected around the world. 
We are not talking about the sequel. We're not talking about any of the comic books or other media. We're just focusing on this movie. Staying quarantined again after three years of pandemic. <laughs> He's not wrong. And according to that soldier, also thinks like there is no other infected. You know, it's only in 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 Britain. Throughout the movie, Jim has a level of naivete to him and a level of uh, hope that something. I mean, Selena kind of calls it out on him. You're hoping to find a cure. You're here, you know, you have this idea that, you know, you, a man and a woman on this, on, on the road together, are we going to fall in love and fuck? You know? Because Jim has this naive idea of everything's going to be okay. And it's not until that moment with the soldier that he finally snaps out of that naivete. It's also the moment that he does realize that actually Selena is kind of wrong. There is something else out there because he does he does see that hope at his at his lowest point and he has something to to fight for. Even if it's only these two people he's with. Yeah. Speaking of, let's Let's introduce our other two members of this team, Frank and daughter Hannah. Because when, as uh, as I've said, after this conversation that Selena and Jim have, they see one apartment with Christmas lights on it that they go to and they find other survivors. It's just the four of them where they pick up this transmission from an army base. And they're going to this army base. And you gotta feel bad for Frank because they're there. They make it to the army base. It's I know I'm skipping ahead, but they get to the army base, they're there, they're and that's when Frank gets infected. Well they make they make it there and there's there's nothing at the checkpoint because the soldiers are hiding. And so it looks like the checkpoint's deserted. And Frank loses all hope. We made it all this way, you know. We've we've gone through because they go through all this nonsense. They go through a tunnel where they get a flat tire and they almost get eaten by infected. And they, you know, they stop and they have their little picnic where they see the horses running in the field and it's so pretty. And you know, yeah, we have the horrible moment where Jim has to kill the little boy. Yeah, the infected boy, yeah. The the infected boy in the diner. And, of course, Jim doesn't tell anybody about that. How do you uh, do that, you know? How, and, and I said, Jim is supposed to be the hopeful one of this, yeah. of this foursome. How does the hopeful one say, I had to kill a child to live? Yeah. I mean, this is the same guy who, not long before this, had to, had to assault a priest just to survive. Yes, it's an infected priest. But it's still a priest. Yeah. But, you know, they f they finally do all of this stuff to, to make it to this checkpoint. They see the entire city of Manchester on fire. I mean, that's that's a that's a really gripping scene. When they're they're passing by Manchester and the entire city is on fire. Then they just they 
they get there and the blockade is d- deserted. And Frank kind of th- loses it and in just the like million to one chance he looks up and a dead body has one drop of blood fall and hits his eyeball and infects. I mean, of yeah. all the lousy odds. And it's such a heart-wrenching scene because he knows he's only got a couple of seconds left and he takes those couple of seconds to tell his daughter he loves her. And Hannah kind of doesn't understand what's going on. He wants to be with, she wants to be with her dad. It's like, no, no, stay away. I'm infected. Please don't. And, you know, Selena's holding Hannah back and Jim is like, Jim has to make the choice right there. Selena's yelling, kill him, kill him, kill him. And Jim is hesitating. He can't. Because, you know, he knows this guy now. You know, they 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 formed this bond over this little road trip they had. He can't bring himself to kill him. But luckily the soldiers are there and end up doing the job. There is an alternate ending. In fact, there is an actual alternate third act for this movie that was written. That even the director says makes no sense. But they wanted to have an idea of uh, what if Frank doesn't die here? So instead of the soldiers coming in, Jim just ties up Frank and they go into the scientific research part of the army base, which is the same scientific institute that we saw at the beginning of the movie. They find another survivor there who tells them there is a cure for the infection. It is a full blood transfusion. As in complete every last drop of blood from one to another and that's how that movie ends where frank gets a complete uh turns out jim and frank have the same blood type they have the full blood transfusion jim sacrifices himself frank is cured of the infection but jim gets the infection and the movie ends with jim going uh full infected while he's being strapped down after this blood transfusion. Probably would not have been a good ending to the movie. I mean, happy ending for Frank, but I understand why they didn't go with that idea. Also, you want to talk about bad science. Yeah. The storyboard, it only exists as a storyboard. Uh, it's on YouTube if you want to look, look it up. It's not a good ending. Even the director says there is no way to, that this ending would work, but he wanted to try... To save the, the 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 Frank character, because he really didn't want to kill him off. But back to this actual movie. <laughs> this is where we're introduced to Christopher Eccleston's character, Major West, and his team. First, they're very warming and welcoming, but it, that kind of goes away very quickly because you have the 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 different army men with different philosophies. You know, one is very optimistic of the world going back to normal. Uh, West has a very pessimistic view of the world. Before the infection, I saw people killing people. After the infection, I see people killing people. So as far as I'm concerned, this is normal. With another soldier saying, hey, humanity's only been here for a blink of an eye as far as this world has existed. So if, if this is the end of humanity then this is going back to normality with uh, with us gone. 
none of them are inherently wrong. It's just a very pessimistic view of the situation, which considering all that they've, they've seen, I don't blame them. It's, it's very much the, you're not wrong. You're just an asshole kind of view. Yeah. Um, things get way worse after this though, because we find out what the real reason for the message was. Yes. The soldiers have set up this message that people can get to and get to the base Major West promised his soldiers women. So the entire broadcast was to get women to the base so the soldiers could have their way with them, uh, willingly or unwillingly. We have an adult woman and a teenage girl, and the soldiers are not really picky about that. And and the thing is, is that he he says he did it because he caught one of his his soldiers ready to end it. Because what are just a group of men supposed to do? They were waiting for the infected to die out, but then what what are the men going to do to rebuild? And he was basically saying like. Well, without women, there's no future. Yeah, that's West's whole thing is the future. The He even says, that's our job. Our, we were stationed here to rebuild. And rebuild also means repopulate. And we have the, the one soldier that refuses to be complicit in it. And he's the one that tells Jim, you know, like, they're, they're here trying to restart the world, but the world hasn't stopped. The rest of the world is going on okay. It's just our island, you know? We're the, we're the ones that have been quarantined. Are we sure he's telling the truth, though? I mean, I get he would know that information. Or ha is he just, you know, or has he lost it? Because I never really got the idea of, because maybe it's my interpretation of the scene, is that they've been alone so long without any outside outside contact that is, he's just gone cuckoo bananas. Well, I think it I think it when you're first watching the movie that you're supposed to to wonder. But I think as the movie goes on, you're supposed to kind of realize he's right. That the infection it, didn't really go outside of England or the United Kingdom. Yeah. And that yes, Selena was probably right that there were reports of infected making it to like New York or to Paris or whatever, but that it was quickly contained. Mm, possible. You know, that they had heard about it and that they were kind of ready for it. Prepared for a viral outbreak. I, uh, that that would have been nice. Yeah. The thing is, is that we, we see through Jim's eyes later as after he escapes when they take them out to to kill him um, and he falls down and he looks up at the sky and he sees the plane flying overhead and it's just like a passenger jet I must have blinked during that moment because I didn't see it I didn't see it but yeah okay so the soldier was right it is just their island and then and then that's how they they know you know at the end of the movie to do what they do but 
so that's I, I think that's what gives Jim the the hope. And the, he goes into full action hero mode. Yeah, it it is a it is a an interesting turn because he goes into a mo- a mode that is not unlike one of the infected. To the point where they think he is infected. Yeah, to the point where where later when he when he comes to Selena that she for for a moment thinks he is infected but they go kind of full-on horror movie at this point where he stalks around the house and becomes the monster in the house to the soldiers he he also lets down their defenses and lets the infected in and he unchains the one infected soldier that they've been using to for uh, observation and you know yeah he eventually gets all the soldiers and he's going to help selena and Selena's holding up that machete. He's like, no, I'll kill you. Come any closer, I'll kill you. And he says, well, that was longer than a heartbeat. You haven't killed me. I'm, it's me. It's me. I, you know. And they have that mo- this moment. And funniest part of the movie, where Hannah just bashes Jim in the head. I thought he was going to bite you. I was kissing her. And... Jim's big hero moment where he's rescuing Hannah and, and, and Selena. And there's West shot shoots, shoots Jim in the stomach goes into the, uh, they have a uh, Frank's car and she, Hannah runs into the car. West goes into the car and Hannah just floors it, but stops it just enough. So the infected get West and does, devours him while the three of them get out of here while he's while Jim is bleeding to death there is another alternate ending to this movie where as you would expect Jim dies of his gunshot wound now in the American theatrical run of this movie that was actually put in as a post credit scene in a what if this happened now this was the original ending of the movie They're in the car. He's bleeding to death. They find a hospital. They try to save his life. But he dies. And that was the original ending of the movie. That was the ending that the director wanted for this movie. Because when we first see Jim, he's in a hospital bed. And when we last see him, he's in a hospital bed full circle. But the the, the ending did not do well with test audiences. So they filmed the new ending where Jim survives his gunshot wound. Yeah, and we get another 28 Days Later card. And they're in a cottage in the English countryside. And we see that all of the infected are slowly dying. Because there's no one left. There's no one left to eat. We never really get fully a thing on whether or not the infected are cannibals in this movie, like within the context of the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we say devoured and eaten because zombie tropes, but we're never really shown. We just see that they're attacked and scratched and clawed. Yeah, we we see them be really violent and and we know that they're like biting and scratching and stuff, but we don't really know whether that's like a cannibalistic urge or just 
because that's what humans have to attack with. You know? So we don't really know what they're eating or what they're sustaining themselves on. Mm. But like I said, there's there's only so long a, a body can live without food. And it does seem like the virus makes you very aggressive, but very uninterested in doing anything else but being aggressive. <laughs> oh, I can make a comment there. Yeah, I won't. I won't. <laughs> it's very, it's very similar to, in a lot of ways, to the um, Pax virus in the Serenity movie, the Firefly movie. You know, they they tried to make a pacification virus. You know, a, the or or gas or you know, however they distributed it in that movie, and people either became so passive they let themselves starve to death or for a very small amount of people they became hyper aggressive and became the reverse you know so it 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 seems like a very similar idea in this movie except that there there was no pacification you know they tried to create pacification and instead 100% of people became Hyper aggressive. We don't exactly know what was sustaining them, like if they were just scavenging or or what. But at some point, you know, at this point, a month later, it does seem like most of them are dying and are too weak to really move around much. So Jim and Selena and Hannah are mostly living in safety in this cottage and they look to be rather healthy and rather for someone happy. who got shot in the stomach jim's doing pretty good for himself well i mean depending on how the the bullet passed through they they all seem fine and selena is sewing something Hannah comes in and says, I heard it, I heard it, I heard it. Hurry up, hurry up. You find out that what Selena has been sewing is the last part of a huge banner that spells out the word hello. And what Hannah heard was a fighter jet. They stand there and wave as the fighter jet goes over. And it does seem that the pilot sees them and circles around again. And the three of them laugh as it seems that finally somebody from the outside world has noticed that there are survivors here yay happy ending we hope yeah yeah i mean i I do like how the setup is because you see the word hell uh, at at first because you think oh heck you know this is hell for them and they bring out the final letter and you think it's a letter p for help but it's the o for hello uh, but yeah, I mean, the movie ends on a on a positive note rather than the negative note that the original ending had. Uh, there actually is, a, <laughs> I'm going to say it again, there actually is an alternate version of the scene, which I believe was supposed to be a post credit scene, which is the exact same scene, the exact same scene without Jim. Is she sewing? 
Hannah comes in saying, I heard it. They both bring up the banner. It says, hello. The fighter jet jumps past and circles back around. The exact same scene, just without Jim. So, yeah. 28, and there was a sequel. 28 weeks later, Boyle had said that he had an idea for a third film called 28 Months Later, but that still hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Might never happen. Though at this point, they should just call it 28 Years Later. Well, at this point, it has been 20 years since this movie came out. So, honestly, it would it would not be that that far far gone. Yeah. This movie, when it came out, really sparked a, a lot in the the zombie fandom, mm -hmm. you know, like I said, because, you know, first of all, it, it sparked it like, can you even call them zombies? How dare you lump this in with the zombie movie, you know, and, you know, the, the zombies are fast. How how can you have fast zombies? You know, they're they're not even dead. They're not even, you know. Mm -hmm. So I, I remember this being a, a massive point of debate in uh, the horror film and especially niche zombie fandom uh, at the time of whether you loved it, whether you hated it, whether you like, you know, I, I always rather liked it, although I, I didn't like some of the things that spawned to be honest. Mm hmm. I I respected this for what it was because it was trying to do something different. And then some of the things that it it spawned were not particularly my favorite, you know. Mm. But the idea when it came out was novel. Mm. And I respected that about it. But at the same time, I'm not entirely sure that Danny Boyle totally got the... I, I know that they said that a lot of this was taken from Day of the Triffids. That they wanted to to do a, a Day of the Triffids movie. I'm I'm not going to say that it's entirely a uh, Romero parody, but the Romero movies always had the idea of the 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 real monster being man kind of thing. Mm. You know, the, the, the zombies were more just a catalyst for that idea. And you kind of get it in this movie with Major West. Yeah, and that's the, um, the thing that I think Boyle kind of wanted to get to, but I don't think he did it quite as deftly as Romero did. Because I think his solution to it was, in order to beat West, Jim had to become, like, 
more brutal than West. I mean, we see the 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 one scene where Jim is literally gouging one of the soldiers' eyes out, and it's gruesome in this movie. Yeah, I mean, you know, West kind of taunts Jim earlier in in the the thing of like, you know, the with the idea of of could Jim really protect his women and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's a very macho kind of thing. Mm. And it, at the end of the movie, it, it kind of comes around with, you know, Jim stripping down to the waist and running around in the rain and, you know, becoming this, you know, Rambo kind of superhero which is the opposite of the way that Ramiro tended to do things, which was very more about protectiveness and assertiveness in the face of that same kind of attitude. Mm. Uh, if you if you go back and watch those those films, it's very much. Uh, I'm not going to say that R- Ramiro didn't have you know certain things that that I I would disagree with but when he goes into the you know man is the is the monster kind of ideas it's more the sticking together and being protective rather than no you must face violence with even greater violence you know if if that is the man, you be the bigger man, you know, which is, I think, kind of the problem with this movie. It's a really cool action sequence. Don't get me wrong. It kind of feels out of character for what we know about Jim up until this point. This is the guy that felt remorse for having to strike down an infected priest who felt remorse having to strike, having to kill an infected child who hesitated when Frank when Frank got infected. It it almost felt like I wanted the ending to this to be him outwitting the soldiers. Yeah, I think that would have like, been better. Maybe letting the, the infected in and just being like, well, well we'll let we'll let the chips fall where they may while I get Selena and Hannah out in the mayhem. Hmm. You know, like if the infected get them, the infected get them, that's on them. You know, if they survive, they survive. But I'll create a little chaos and mayhem to cover our escape and then we'll escape. That would have felt more like a a move that I think Jim of the film up until that point would have done. So when he starts with, you know, blaring the alarm and everything to to draw infected and everything okay that that seems fine um letting go with the the one that has been chained up that seems fine but then when he becomes like this just commando running through the house and you know beating up other people and gouging out eyes and you know all the all the other kind of just really brutal violence that he does it seems less like him yeah 
so I would have I would have much rather he would have done it with like stealth and smarts and you know out- outwitting the the other and causing chaos and just you know taking his opportunity to flee. And you can even still have the same ending where with with Wes shooting Jim. Yeah, and Hannah backing up and you know yeah, I mean all all of that same thing could have could have ended with just the infected taking out the other soldiers with, you know, attacks of opportunity and stuff, but mm. I think it would have kind of it just seems so unlike his character up until that point. Um, for him to just suddenly turn into this like raging commando, great action sequence. It's well oh, filmed. Yeah. It's full of tension and everything. It just it feels and so out gore. of gore. I mean that the the gore as they have Jim is just digging his thumbs into the one soldier's eyes and the screams that the actor is giving off. It's just yeah. It's wonderfully um, filmed. It just doesn't feel like that's something that the character we've seen throughout this movie would do. This has one of the more iconic scores from an early 2000s horror film. Because you hear you hear this score and you immediately are like, yes, I know exactly where that's from. This score did not have to go this hard, but it did because it loves us. All right, so let's ask the question... Kiki, does 28 Days Later have the magic? I think it does. I think it still holds up. I think so. I mean, as, especially as, as, a, as a character piece, uh, the action, as I said, the, the action sequence is filmed amazingly well. I would say, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely has some magic. I mean, there's a reason why zombie movies got a resurgence because of this movie. And it's if this movie was bad, it wouldn't have happened. But yeah, yeah, this 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 movie is still good. It still holds up all these years later. And yeah, so let's move on to next week. Yes, this episode was not for the kiddies, but next week's will be. We have not done a classic shorts episode in a while. And I think it's time we remedy that. This is actually a request by one of our listeners. Yes, one of you requested this as we are going to be taking a look at the shorts of the man, the myth, the legend, the goof. We are taking a look at a bunch of goofy shorts next week. Unfortunately, as I was putting our list together, what cartoons to watch, Disney does not have a wide selection of goofy shorts. Disney Plus, fix that, please. <laughs> but we are going to work with what we got, so we are going to be paying tribute to Goofy next week as we are taking a look at some of his greatest hits. It's going to be fun. Yeah, can't wait. So come back for some classic Goofy cartoon talk next week, and we will talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye. If you want to help the fight for human rights in the U.S., the American Civil Liberties Union works to protect constitutional rights for all Americans. Their website is aclu.org. If you need reproductive services in the U.S. or wish to donate to those who do, go to abortionfunds.org for more info. The battle isn't over until the last person surrenders. 
the fight continues. Don't let the magic stop here. Join our conversation online on Facebook at Rewatching the Magic. Twitter at Rewatch the Magic. And of course, new episodes every week at rewatchingthemagic.podbean.com. Remember, the magic is for everyone. It only stops if you let it.